Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And today's guest is Shira Gura, and Shira is passionate about helping people get unstuck. She is the author of Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being. She created the Stuck Method by drawing on her training as an occupational therapist and yoga instructor. Very cool. As well as as a well-being coach, she facilitates engaging and interactive workshops and retreats ranging from corporate offices to educational and religious institutions and community centers. Her belief that a more mindful, compassionate life is available to everyone, anywhere, is reflected in her blog, thestuckmethod.com. She lives with her husband and four children on Kibbutz Hanson in northern Israel. So without further ado, Shira, thank you so much for joining me today, and how are you doing? I'm doing great, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just before we got started here, you, you were telling me about how, how you found out about Fulfilling Life's Yearnings, and I just got to say that that's, for me, that's like so cool that someone on the other side of the world like even knows about me, but let alone was able to find my podcast through listening to someone else's podcast. So, so thank you for reaching out to me and, and wanting to come on to share your journey and also, of course, to talk about your brand new book. So before we get started and move along to discussing um, the details about that, tell us a little more about your background. Like, What has your journey been like that has gotten you to where you are today? Oh, that's a great question. My background has been really eclectic, actually. I studied uh, psychology. Uh, That was my undergraduate degree. And when I graduated, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do with my life. But I had been to Israel one time before. And I was passionate about getting back there. So I bought a one-way ticket. And I flew to Israel. And I ended up staying there for about a year and a half. And after about a year and a half, I came back to the United States. And I did a master's degree in occupational therapy. And while I was studying occupational therapy, for fun, I decided to take a yoga class. And that turned into another passion of mine. Once I finished that first class, I said, not only do I need to be doing this on a regular basis, I need to be teaching this to other people. So as soon as I finished my training in occupational therapy, I also became certified as a yoga instructor. Once I uh, completed both of those programs, um, instead of going the traditional route of working as an occupational therapist in a school or in a hospital, I was at that point living in San Francisco, and I opened up a business where I brought yoga into high-tech companies. I was basically combining the yoga and the occupational therapy in a very alternative kind of way. 
that was a great experience. And then I got married and we started to have kids. We moved back to New Jersey. And basically for the remainder time until I started to get into the blogging and into the stuck method, I was basically facilitating a lot of wellness workshops around mindfulness, mindful eating, yoga workshops, and anything really having to do with wellness. That's so interesting. So just for the people listening in, can, what is an occupational therapist? That's a good question, too. So an occupational therapist is somebody who helps increase the independence of someone's functioning in a meaningful way. So, for instance, I was working in a rehab hospital for people with spinal cord injuries and um, traumatic brain injuries. And so let's say that someone uh, maybe recently had a stroke. I was also working with stroke patients and they were, um, they couldn't lift their right hand, let's say, or they had weakness in their right hand and they needed to be strengthened. So a physical therapist may take some weights and do reps to help increase the, uh, the ability of the, the muscle to come back and to be strengthened. Whereas an occupational therapist would say, okay, let's look at your whole life. What is being inhibited right now because your right hand is weak? And maybe the person would say, well, I'm having a hard time getting dressed or I'm having a hard time eating. And so the occupational therapist would find those meaningful activities, which oftentimes tend to be activities of daily living. And we would work with them, sort of recreate the hospital room into something that might look more like a house and work on activities that were basically doing the same thing that the physical therapist was doing, but doing it in a more meaningful way to increase their independence. Okay, gotcha. So that, that makes perfect sense. And then I see how that would fit in with uh, doing doing yoga. And and by the way, I love doing yoga. I, I always do uh, morning yoga from YouTube. So it always helps me get get my day started off on the right track. But uh, moving moving forward, and then you start talking about, you know, um, blogging and, 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 and getting into that that space what what was that like for you and and what has been your uh results from from being a a blogger and and talking about the the topics that you're passionate about blogging has been transformative for me i started blogging probably about four years ago and to be honest i started the process as a personal journal i had no intentions of growing an audience i had no intentions of turning this into a book or into a business the main purpose was for me just to write down things that were happening in my life reflect on them um, see where maybe i got stuck in some places and what ways i was able to get unstuck and it took off. The blog just simply took off. I shared it with just a few people, my family, basically, and other people, I guess, on WordPress, maybe through um, word tags or whatever I was putting in, Mm -hmm. uh, found me and they started to subscribe to the blog and it just started to grow attention. I think basically why it was drawing attention is because every week I was writing a personal story that people were able to identify with. I was writing about 
relationship issues or family issues or just kind of your own inner critic kind of um, thoughts or discussions that were in my head and people were, were able to relate. And so they started to subscribe. I started to grow an audience. Again, it was all quite by accident. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then about a year ago, or maybe a little bit more than that, my, um, my sister basically said to me, you know, you really should turn this blog into a book. And I said, I don't think so. I'm, I, you know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not an author. I'm not, a, you know, I'm just, I'm just journaling my life's experiences. And right. she said, well, you know what? but it has so much value to the world that you really need to get it out there. And I, so I pitched it to a, a publisher and the publisher wrote back saying, you've got something huge here. You have this method that you created, this mindset method, technique that so many people could be benefiting from if you write a book and put it out to the world. So, so that's what I did this past year. I spent all my time basically writing this book. And, and it's been transformative. It, this whole experience really came from... From out of nowhere, it, almost like from the heavens, it kind of just <laughs> all fell into like, it just fell into place. Uh, so it's been an amazing year. Isn't that great how that kind of just came about? And your sister yeah, su- suggested that you do this. And, and I think that's really cool that you had someone that was supportive and was and, and, and saying like, wow, there actually is something here, even when you necessarily didn't see it yourself but let's talk about uh this past year for you and and i know your book recently just came out Mm -hmm. and let's talk about what what this stuck method is and 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 how how you came up with it to 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 use it in your own life and and how could it be applicable to us Mm -hmm. so the stuck method is is a practical, easy-to-remember technique that basically gets you out of an emotional challenge that you're in and into well-being. And the way I look at it is that it's a technique that really is all about opportunity. It's about opportunities to basically transform an experience that you're in, a difficult experience that you're in, and it removes you from the automatic thoughts and behaviors that we typically go through and that limit us, that limit our joy and limit our fulfillment in life. So it's five steps and I can take you through it if you'd like. I can go through each step and explain them. Oh, absolutely. I would love it. Okay. So, okay, great. So when I do this, I I actually like for people to have in their own mind already um, a recent stuck situation that they were in. It could be a stuck situation like I was stuck on anger with someone or I was stuck on frustration or I was stuck on disappointment or I was stuck on feeling guilty or uncertain. It could be really anything, but it's really helpful to have that one situation in your own mind so that you can really make it relatable. So I'll give you just an example that happened a couple of days ago, and I'll, I'll use it for all the steps. I went to my car the other day, and I found on it a note from my neighbor. It, it was anonymous, but it had to have been my neighbor. There's only like 30 families that live in my community. Mm-hmm. And it said something like, um, you parked in two spots 
you know, you shouldn't do that. Be more conscientious of your neighbors or it was something like that. And, um, and I got immediately, my heart started pounding because I, I parked on a dirt road where the, there is no, there are no lines. It wasn't a parking lot. So it was impossible for me to take more than one spot and it was anonymous so I got really hurt that the person didn't even have the ability to come up to me and just share with me their feelings. Right. So I just got stuck. I got really stuck on anger. Like, you know, who is this person that why did they think they have the right to treat me like that? So that's just an example. And as I go through the steps, I'll tell you what I did. So the first step is S, which is stop. And this is really like a mindfulness peace. It's about redirecting your attention to something in the present moment. So when we're in a stuck situation, like then when I was looking at this note, I was like in my, in a story in my mind about this whole situation, about that person. I wasn't really being present to my body, to, to, to where I was standing, to my breath. I was Instead of being present, I was being really present to the story that was in my mind. So S is about taking a moment and just stopping. Sometimes I close my eyes. Sometimes I take a few breaths. But it's about really separating yourself from the story. And it's really hard, by the way. Stopping is the first step. And it's really hard when you're stuck in something mm-hmm. to just stop and you know, not allow yourself to continue the story that's going on in your mind. So that's S. And then T is the step um, that helps us to access our emotions. So T is for tell. And emotions are, are not a bad thing. And a lot of times emotions actually have a purpose. They can motivate us. But we need to watch our emotions and make sure that they're not blinding us. So in the tell step, we need to identify what our emotion is. Like, what are we stuck on? So you could be stuck on fear. You could be stuck on anger. You can be stuck on pride. You can be stuck on gloom. You can be stuck on a lot of different emotions. So, for instance, in the situation I was in, I was stuck on anger. And maybe I was also stuck on holier than thou. Like, mm-hmm. I'm better than this person. Like, I would never have done something like this. You can be stuck on a few different emotions in the same story. And in this step of tell, rather than saying, I am angry, I suggest for people to say, I'm stuck on anger. Mm. So therefore, it's not that I am angry. I am, right, I am a person. I am a person that's stuck on anger. And for me, it's easier to pass from one thing to the next if I'm not implicitly defining myself by how I feel in the moment. So I I suggest for people to say I'm stuck on and then to to identify the emotion. And then we get to step U, which is uncover. And this is where we access the thoughts. So basically you go back to that original feeling of getting stuck where you were first triggered and you just uncover your beliefs. And I also suggest for people in this step to say it in a certain way, such as I believe. You start off with each sentence by saying I believe, as opposed to just simply naming them. So for instance, I can say I believe 
this person should never have written a note on my car. And then after each belief, you take a moment and you ask yourself, is that 100% correct? So I would ask myself, is that 100% correct? And then I would answer, well, they shouldn't have left a note on the car. I don't know. Maybe what's so wrong about leaving a note on a car? And so you would do that with every belief statement. You would ask yourself, is that 100% correct? And the reason that we do this is because many of the beliefs that we have in our minds are limiting even though we don't really re realize it in the moment where we're stuck. But when we take a moment to kind of break it down, we actually can realize and we can see that those beliefs are not 100%. And sometimes, by the way, it's easy to, it's helpful to look for words in our belief statements like should or need or never or always, words like that that are clues that our beliefs can be um, limiting. And then we get to see, which is to consider. So after you look at your beliefs and you realize that many of them are um, they're just limiting beliefs, you're able to take a moment and consider that maybe there's other perspectives to the story. So I, I again, recommend people to stretch, I call it, their considering muscles. And mm -hmm. they come up with alternative ways to look at a situation. It's really like working a, a physical muscle in your body. Like you're creating a new neural work network. It's, it's also not very easy to do um, when you're stuck. But again, taking your time to break it down into the steps. And as soon as you break down and realize that your beliefs are not so strong, it helps to look for uh, other ways of looking into a story. So this is where you really begin to access your rational thinking. And again, I suggest that people in this step, they say, I can consider to begin all of those, um, that list. So in my case, I can say, I can consider that the person um, didn't have the comfort level to approach me. Or I can consider that that person was just having a bad day and I just shouldn't take it personally. And you, you can make a whole long list of considerations, mm -hmm. but you take one on. You have to at least take one on in order to move forward to get unstuck. So I chose the person was just having a bad day and I shouldn't take it personally, you know, just move on. Right. And then the last step of the stuck method is... K, which is okay, basically self-compassion. There may be a moment during the stuck situation where you feel guilt or shame or embarrassment for having gotten stuck in the first place. So this last step reminds us to be compassionate to, towards ourselves. We all get stuck. It happens to everybody. And when it happens and you process through it, you remind yourself that it's okay and we need to accept our human imperfections and forgive ourselves. And it doesn't mean, by the way, that the emotion won't linger because it might. But by closing the process in this way, we give ourselves the opportunity to move on to emotional well-being. So that's in a nutshell what the stuck method is and how you can apply it. That is so cool, and, and it's easy to remember, and, and clearly you are able to 
pinpoint one thing that you are stuck on in that moment. So let's talk briefly about um, helping other people uh, with this method. What what has that looked like for you, and 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 how has it been most effective in in practice when you're helping others? It's it's been probably one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life mm. to watch other people get unstuck. I was leading a workshop, a 12-week workshop here on my in my community this past year, and basically I spent the first night of the of the 12 week workshop basically going over the stuck method and going over the theory and breaking it down and explaining what we were going to do each week and all of that. And then the following the rest of the weeks basically I gave everybody homework that they had to before they went to sleep every night, they had to write down in a notebook a stuck experience and how they processed through it. Because it happens every day, by the way. It happens to all of us. It's so insidious that you, you, don't, even, you, you don't even realize that you're stuck. You don't even wow. realize that it's happening to you. Um, but it happens to all of us. So that was the homework. And then when, I, when we reconvened every week, they each shared just one story. And they broke it down and they told us how they went through every step. And people would just light up by, by showing us, by sharing with us their stories of how they were in this limited place, this narrow-minded place where they were totally stuck and angry or mad or disappointed, whatever it was with somebody. It's usually with somebody. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get to this open-minded, broad, different place and feel good. And by the end of their their sharing, most of them they'd be they'd have a smile on the face, they'd be happy, they'd be like in this completely different place. And for me, just watching that, just being able to witness that was it, it is, as I do this, as I continue to do this work, it's just very, very exciting and it's 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 unbelievable. It's just it's this huge transformation that happens to people. Um, not everyone always has that quote-unquote success, and some mm-hmm. people share that sometimes they're in a stuck situation, or they come to that to a meeting, and instead of sharing something that happened to them that week, they'll say, "You know what? I'm right now in this moment. I'm stuck on something. Something just happened to me five minutes before I walked in, and I want to use that." And so they'll they'll basically process through it with the group in the workshop. Ah, interesting. And yeah, and then sometimes they get to see. And they don't know what to consider because they're still kind of stuck. And what's nice about the workshop is that it offers an opportunity, if the person is interested, to open it up basically to everyone else. And we ask, would you like some considerations? And if they say yes, then other people that are listening to the story can share, you know what, I'm hearing it from this perspective. Maybe you can consider X. And someone else would say, you know, actually, I was thinking of it in a different way. Maybe you can consider why. And so practicing in this way is very supportive. And then the person can hear more considerations, can consider more things, can possibly take something on that they never thought about before and find transformation from that place. That is awesome. Now, do you still incorporate uh, yoga into these workshops as well as as a way through getting unstuck? So 
not not I don't do an entire yoga class, mm-hmm. but I begin all of my workshops with a stop. And some of this each time I do a stop, I do it differently. So the stop can be sitting in silence for 10 minutes. It could be sitting with music for 10 minutes. It could be a particular breathing exercise. It could be a mindful eating exercise. So I I try to do different things because not everybody likes to do the same kind of stop. So I like to offer kind of like a buffet of different ways of stopping in the beginning of the class that people can choose from. Because like I said, stopping is not easy. It's, it's the first step that we need to take when we're stuck, and it's not easy. So I really recommend for people to practice stopping regularly on, in their lives, even when they're not stuck. Okay. Like, for example, I wake up in the morning, um, either before I get my kids to school or after, I take... 12 minutes and I stop. And for me, that means usually sitting down and putting my timer on without any music and just sitting like in a meditation. And the reason I do that is because the more I practice stopping, because I personally am a a person who does a lot, I rush a lot, I have a lot on my plate, and I'm like a go, go, go kind of person. I don't typically. I'm like, yeah, I'm like all over the place. And if I don't schedule like a stop, I won't. Mm -hmm. I just won't stop. I'm just going to keep going. So I schedule these stops so that they become more familiar to me in my life so that when I do get stuck, it's more accessible. It's more familiar because I know what a stop feels like. I know what a stop is because I do it. I practice it every day. Okay. Now, here's a question for you since um, you have a family and – I'm sure there's people who will be listening into this saying, like, well, how can, how can this be incorporated into uh, the family dynamic? Is this something that you just do personally for your own uh, uh, well-being? Or do you also incorporate this into uh, your family? Like, are your kids participating and doing their own stops? Even your husband, what are they doing to uh, uh, be a part of uh, this method that you've created? That's a great question. So first of all, and I write about this in the book, I practice this for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I practice this so that I can be a better person in this world. I don't practice this in order to change anybody else. Okay. So that's why I do this. So sometimes I get stuck with something with my husband, but the only reason I'm stuck is because he's stuck. Mm-hmm. Like He's stuck on something that I did, and then I get stuck because I'm just reacting to him being stuck. But I can't tell him to stop and to do the stuck method. And I just can't. That's not my role in this life. The role, this role in my life is not to change him. It's really just to change me. What, the only thing I really can do is practice it. I can process through it. I can write about it. I can share with him what I did. He can learn from it. He can be inspired if he wants. But I can't. I can't um, help him get unstuck unless he's asking for help, and okay. he usually doesn't. But that being said, I have I have four kids, so one of my kids tends to get stuck more than the other three. He tends to get he has a short temper, and he tends to get angry pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. He's eight, and actually, I do the stuck method with him as a tool to help him. So oftentimes, he gets stuck, and I said, you know what? It looks like you're stuck. Do you want help to get unstuck? 
And he always says yes. Okay. And I said, and I would say, great, well, let's take a moment and stop. And now he can't do the stock method on his own. It's too, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit higher level for an eight-year-old, but I can walk him through it. And I do. And at this point, 10 times out of 10, it's, it's success. It awesome. always, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So that might be my next book. I don't know. Getting, <laughs> getting unstuck for parents. <laughs> I would definitely get that one. I don't have kids yet, but I think it just, just to hear it from that perspective would also be very interesting to see how you can help walk other people through those uh, stuck moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it has. They have to want it. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that is that is very cool. I've enjoyed hearing hearing about that. Uh, my other question for you about uh, stuck and also your blog is, you know, where can we, um, you know, purchase your book? And is there a way for us to participate in these workshops, or do you have uh, different groups that are established throughout? Um, other cities where people can participate? Mm, great question. So right now, you can find uh, my any, all of my information on my website, which is thestuckmethod.com. Mm-hmm. And my book, Getting Unstuck, you can find on Amazon. It's also on the Kindle version. Um, when you write, in my na- you write in the name of the book, you also should write in my last name, G-U-R-A, which is Gura, because there are other books, actually, that are called Getting Unstuck. So you want to make sure you're getting the right one. Okay. Um, I also facilitate a Facebook group where I guide the members of the group through each step every day of the week except for Saturday. So if people are interested in connecting with me on a regular basis, they can come to the Facebook group, just look up Getting Unstuck, and they'll find me. And it's a really interesting group because what I do uh, on Sundays, uh, I offer one new consideration for the week, just so that you can have a consideration in the back of your head in case you ever need it when you're stuck for the upcoming week. And then all the other days, Mondays, we practice S, we practice the stop. And Tuesdays, I remind people about tell and accessing their emotions. So we go through every step every day of the week. And then people just kind of chime in. They'll share a story. They'll, they'll share how, some, how the method helped them. Um, people respond to each other. So it's a really nice um, community that's growing. Almost every day, I have one or two people that are that ask to be uh, included into the group. So that's really nice for people who are looking for regular um, regular time with the stuck method and with me. Um, in addition to that, I'm currently planning my summer tour, my book tour. So I'm coming to the States. I'm going to be there July and August and doing a, yeah, and that's on my website. So people who are in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, maybe DC area can look on my website and they'll see where I am. And if I'm not coming to their community, they can contact me. I still have opportunities. I still have time to offer more workshops and I'd be more than happy to do that. So people can uh, contact me that way. Um, And then that's basically what I have for now. What my future steps are for the next year and for the coming years is to start training more people in this method so that I can get the method out there really to the world because I can't do it on my own. That is awesome. So I'm sure we will be looking forward to that because just as you were you know, walking us through the stuck method, 
uh, it was quite funny that, that I had you on today because I'm a student right now at the University of Michigan and as part of the, the group I'm in, we're, we're uh, post-bac uh, med prep students who are taking a year of science classes so we can take uh, the MCAT uh, next year. And, and one of the girls in the program, you know, suggested that, you know, she wanted a place for us to be able to come together in a space and, and share, you know, whatever, uh, I guess essentially whatever stuck situation we were going through and just to have people there to kind of help us, you know, work our way through it. So it's very cool that now I have some method that I can bring to the table that would be very helpful for us as we uh, navigate through this next year. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'd be happy if you share it with your, your co-students. Yes, that is awesome. So before we get out of here, uh, again, I just want to thank you so much for, for coming on and, 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 and doing what you've done because I know, I know it can never be the easiest route to to write a book or to even you know share your personal thoughts on the blog but but putting them out there so others can be inspired and and even learn from from what you have gone through and just being willing to be uh vulnerable with with what's going on in your life to empower others to get better so i think that is just so uh, amazing that you're doing this work and 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 keep keep on being who you are because it, it was fantastic to just hear your excitement when you were talking about um, the experiences that you've gone through and how you light up from seeing uh, other people you know work their way through uh, whatever has them stuck in the moment um, so again just want to applaud you for for your hard work and, and, and for contributing to uh, the greater good and and with that, I also wanted to ask you uh, what your definition of uh, fulfilling life's yearnings would be, because I know you've had an eclectic life and you're doing really cool things. What, what, if you, what definition would you give if you could sum that up? First of all, I just want to say thank you for the kind words that you just offered to me. That was really nice to hear. And I really just accept that acknowledgement. So I just wanted to say that. You're so welcome. Um, thank you. In terms of fulfilling life's yearnings, I think it's really just about being present to every moment and allowing life to unfold as it should and being present to that. Um, I was mentioning earlier, like in the stop, like I'm kind of the person who is impulsive, who gets has a lot of things on her plate, who gets stressed easily. And when that happens, it's very difficult to even know what you're yearning for because you're kind of like all over the place. And the moment I take that stop and I find that quiet place within me, I... I have more of a direction. I have, there's like an inner voice that, that kind of arises and, and helps to guide me to say, you know, this is what you're doing today and you're okay and wherever you are um, is where you should be. And so for me, I think that's really just what it's about. And it's not, it's not easy, but I think that's what it's all about. It's just every day being, finding that, that um, precious and sacred time of being 
of being um, in the present moment and, and practicing that and bringing as much awareness to every moment um, that arises. Mm, I love it and I get that and completely resonate with your definition of fulfilling last yearnings. So thanks again for that. And everyone, my name is Blake Sule, and today's guest again was Shir Gura. And we were talking about her personal journey and, of course, her new book, uh, which talks about the stuck method. So stay tuned to hear more about Shira in the upcoming future as I will definitely be sharing um, what she will be doing because this was very, very helpful for me as I'm sure it will be helpful for you as you listen uh, to this episode again and again. And also check out her book because if, if, if this is something that can help you, then, then use it, you know, um, if that's what you want to do. And just consider that there's ways for you to uh, stop what you're doing if you're f- feeling fearful or, or hurt. And, and just reach that point where you can have emotional well-being because that's, that's what it's all about, making sure that we are each getting what we need out of life to to be fulfilled and like my show is about fulfilling life's yearnings so share thank you for for coming on and and taking the time to share uh your experiences and i look forward to talking to you again soon thank you blake